Alright, welcome to the World of Koth, the Players Podcast, where we discuss old-school role-playing from the player's perspective. I'm Legitimate Mustard, I play Ferrum, and I'm here tonight with... Exploding Kitten, I play Evelyn. Urnkel, I slide by as... Kelronan? Wait, reverse that. Kelronan, I slide by as Urnkel. And I'm Cognac, and I play Jazz. My name is Gus, and I play Mira. Awesome. So in our last uh, session, we prepared to go back to town with Vigar. He's in real bad shape from the previous fight. Um, we dismissed our Fey Dragon, and immediately Vigar returned to his normal size, which would suggest that the Fey Dragon magic doesn't last when the dragon is not around. A group approached us. Um, they turned out to be hunters from the village, we talked to them, and um, they were looking for Vigar. They had a some sort of an issue. Um, the hunters agreed to send a runner ahead and to take Vigar back to town if we would help them. Um, the lead hunter is very charismatic, also Eric's new character, because Vigar is apparently dead, although we don't know that for sure, but that's what we're meant to assume, I think. Um, and immediately, Ferrum made a uh, a pact with the new Eric. Oh, dang it. No, the other way around, actually. This this pact had been uh, made with, with Petter a long time in the past, and um, essentially, it is that uh, Ferrum was going to help Petter kill the hunters at some point. So, <laughs> I may have to kill Eric's new character <laughs> because I made an oath to do so. Um, but, that's beside the point. Uh, anyway, there was a young hunter that was baited into a tomb, possibly by druids. So we followed um, this lead hunter back to uh, the earthen tomb. Um, we stood up some stone pillars, had some weird little um, markings on them. We, Ferrum investigated, found that the trees on top of the earthen tomb were um, stone and possibly vents. Evelyn then proceeded to tear the doors off of the tomb because she's totally badass. Um, the doors that had been glowing um, stopped glowing, and the pillars started to glow. Petter decided he's not going to go inside, he's not going to help the hunters, so he would stand guard at the door. The rest of the party went inside and fought a plant, and Jazz has glowing eyes. And that's pretty much where we, uh, where we left off. I had to say, that does skip over the fact that Urkel's um, reason for exploring this area and basically his reason for, you know, caring for anything at this point. Well, not really, because he really likes drinking, too. But uh, the historical artifacts and the historical, like, uh, importance of this location were completely ignored by Vig's character and 
Vig basically just threw all this historical, um, all these historical artifacts in the sarcophaguses in this barrow on the ground, smashing apart skeletons and all these things, completely disregarding the uh, um, sages' protocols. 100%. Yep. So, so, Uncle has two motivations then. One is his studies as a, as a sage, and the other is drinking. And that's basically his world, right? Yeah, pretty much. Hanging out with people. Like, which is part this of being whole a political sage. stuff is BS. Yeah. All the political stuff is BS. That's what his thought is. Yeah. I think that Petter, or, um, Ferrum probably agrees with that. I don't think Ferrum is real big on the uh, uh, politics based on his experiences. <laughs> so, um, can you go a little bit more into um, how dwarves are with oaths? Is this like a, a whole thing? Or... Yeah. 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 Oaths are a big deal for dwarves. So, if you make an oath... I mean, you have really two options. You fulfill the oath or you die trying and that's it. So, Yikes. yeah. So Ferrum has made an oath to Petter and um, that probably means that my, that Ferrum has to kill Eric's new character at some point. <laughs> so this oath will, it, it still is valid even if the party you made it with dies. Yes. Yeah, I would say so. As long as I'm, as long as Ferrum is alive, I think that the oath is valid. So, do you think the oath overweighs like your mission when you have one? Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know that exact- Ferrum actually has a mission right now, though. I think that like he's he's an envoy, but that doesn't really mean anything. He's he's a a second to a second essentially. So, but it overweighs no purpose. What, what's I was going to say, does it... Oh, sorry. Nope, go ahead. Uh, so does it overweigh, like, your... And I don't know how much loyalty you have to the group yet, because it's only been, like, a couple... A few days. So does it overweigh the loyalty that you may have feel or felt for the group that you're currently in, like the Oath does? Well, that's why Ferrum allowed himself to be... Uh, to go into an Oath with Petter. He feels pretty loyal to Petter at this point. Um, and he wouldn't have allowed that to happen um, with just some passing person. So, so yes, I think that Ferrum does have some loyalty to the group. He's fought with them. He um, he would value that quite a lot as as he's a soldier, and that's kind of his life experience. Um, that would mean a lot to him. But an oath is a is a, a significant step above that. And so the exact oath was just that you would kill the hunters? No. Um, I don't know how meta I should go with that, but um, essentially it's that um, Petter, Petter has seen that the hunters killed not just kingdom soldiers, but kingdom soldiers specifically from the Silver Scales, which was his, his unit. And okay. he needs to avenge that in some way. And that can be done in a couple of different ways. Um, but essentially, um, 
Petter has said that he will um, stick with the group and work with the group and help the group as long as Ferrum will help him to avenge um, the Silver Scale soldiers. So I think the best form of getting revenge or avenging these guys um, would probably be to kill the person who ordered the deaths, right? Not the soldiers. I mean, you were a soldier yourself. You knew you followed orders from yep. assholes all the way up. So I think would that, that be? it could be. It could also be, I mean, the easiest thing to do would be to take out the person at the top. However, I think that, I think there might be a few avenues of making this work and some of them might not even involve killing anybody, which would be kind of ideal. Um, but the main thing is to, to Petter to figure out who is actually responsible um, either directly responsible for the killing of those soldiers or for um, or indirectly responsible for you know being in charge of the people who killed those soldiers and then figure out who's most guilty um, and who who we can have the most um, impact on in the community if we leverage them or kill them or something else. So do okay. you feel like so do you feel like Ferrum is looking up to Petter as almost like his uh, like a leader commander figure at this part because you said that it's up to Petter to figure it out and then we're gonna or Ferrum is gonna kind of like go along with that not necessarily I made that sound weird but he's kind of gonna take his lead on it. Well, it's up to Petter to determine what vengeance looks like in this case, but that doesn't mean that Ferrum can't steer that conversation or that thought process. And uh, Ferrum does have pretty high charisma, and he's quite intelligent, so he may have... um, He also has a little bit of wisdom, better than average wisdom, so he may be able to kind of steer that into a path that's beneficial for everybody. Ferrum isn't really very interested in just going on, you know, a vengeance quest. Um, Because he's smart enough to realize that that just is going to cause more problems and it's going to gain him more enemies. He doesn't necessarily need that or want that. Um, What he would like to do is find a way to, um, to benefit everyone as much as possible. But he is still constrained by the oath. So there is that. And just so we're clear, how much do our characters know about this so that we don't meta it in the real game? I don't know that anyone else knows about the oath. Um, I don't think anyone was there to hear that. Um, But you probably would have noticed um, Ferrum taking Petter's lead on a few things um, and maybe taking his perspective on certain things more than he might otherwise. A dwarf would be pretty um, hesitant to just accept the ideas of other other people. He would form his own opinions. Um, but I think that Ferrum is probably going to be and probably is kind of taking what Petter is saying and giving it a little more weight in in his um, in the way that he's weighing situations and, and the mental math that he's doing. And I feel like that's kind of 
fair because Petter has proved to be a pretty good ally to the group so far. So yep, I can see why Ferrum feels that way. Well, and Ferrum, Ferrum well, with is and everything. yeah, it, it, it by definition is going to color the way that uh, Ferrum thinks about everything that Petter says and does. So, which is all really funny too because. In the last campaign, which you were a part of, Gus, Petter was just insufferable and uh, just holier than thou and horrible to be around. But thank God this horrible thing happened to him and kind of made him a, a little closer to the ground, you know. So I was going to say from the very beginning, I felt like there was a pretty negative opinion of Petter. And so like... <laughs> Meta wise, I was all like a little cautious. <laughs> well, to be um, fair, he was a little bit of a jerk in the beginning, but he's definitely softened up and I think he's finding his place in this world. Yep. He, based on who he is and what he is, I don't think that he'll stick around with the group forever. Um, and on that note, the horse that we had saw, had seen in a previous session, had seen, had saw, had seen? That sounds right. Um, saw? The horse, oh, the that, horse we saw. that we saw. Yes. saw or had seen? <laughs> had, had seen. Okay. Um, the, I'm going to go with the horse that we saw before in the okay, previous session. Like it. Um, it didn't return. And I think I think I had said previously, I think that that was Petter's war horse. Um, but it didn't return. So um, what do we think about that? Is that a bad thing good thing not a thing at all i i don't know i i don't think petter will ever go to the dark side per se and as long as he doesn't do that i'm not too worried because none of us work together for the same gods really we don't really work together for the same kings or leaders or anything um so if he wants to do whatever he can, as long as he's neutral or good, I'm good. If he turns evil, though, his ass is grass. Uh, technically, Petter and Ferrum worship the same god. but Oh, no. brothers. Except I don't think Petter actually worships his god anymore, necessarily. I don't really know. Yeah, yeah not really. Just, and, just like, by the good in the universe, I'll yeah. do these things. Yeah. And then <laughs> by all that is good and holy in this realm, I will heal you. <laughs> yes. Um, Ferrum also, because of his heritage, he he doesn't worship Dern, but he has a lot of respect for Dern. Dern is the kind of old god of the of the dwarves. And Dern is a is a soldier's god essentially, so Ferrum respects Dern, but he doesn't necessarily worship Dern. That's not like his core religion or anything. Um, so Jazz has glowing eyes because she's a freak, and we noticed that in this this last session uh, when it was dark in the tomb. So, what do we make of that? I think some of us already know what that is, but what do we make of that? I has never seen it before, so she's going to turn to the group and be like, what the heck is going on? Jazz is a freak. Just freakish. 
Yeah. Um, I, me as a character, I don't know much about it really myself. Um, I was lied to a lot as a child, and um, I'm more concerned about what maybe my brother might say. Yeah, definitely. But he hasn't said anything, so hopefully it'll just be a non-issue, and everyone just acts like it didn't happen. Otherwise, um, I don't know. Could be problematic, especially <laughs> if um, if your brother knows anything about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Sounds like he knows a lot about stuff, so... Yeah, but certain, <laughs> like, very specific stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if the elves would teach specifically about this or not. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't think my character... My character doesn't know, like, diddly squat about uh, anything really to do with this. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so I have to ensure that I, I act... My character acts like she doesn't know what potentially this means. Okay. Um, is that something that your character will want to investigate potentially in the future or, um, yeah. Yeah. Because as you know, with these eyes, sometimes come other benefits, sometimes could come some really bad consequences. Could be, um, indeed. <laughs> but she's hidden it for most of her life. Um, and she felt like in this situation, there was a good chance people could get hurt or die again, considering how weak we are. We came close to death yeah. with um, this previous monster, so if any time it was going to happen, it's as good as now. But it also explains why maybe her vision is much better at night, and she likes taking these night watches. Yep. Um, so, let's see. We talked about Ferrum's oath. Um, do, do you think Vyvagar is going to survive? Yes. I hope so. I really hope so because I'm. I have a strong certainty that Pharaoh's gonna have to kill Dirk's new character, and <laughs> oh, I, I kind of, I kind of feel like I've I've been playing this campaign for, you know, like as long as you guys, but I'm new to this, and I feel like just knowing Dan as a DM so far, like I feel like he's got a plan. I don't know. I think so. <laughs> I hope so. I just, I. I get, I'm doing the math and like the the percentage of possibility where I'm going to have to kill a new character is probably better than 50%. Um, so, uh, hey, know. we're going to save your character. Oh, we, we gutted him. <laughs> um, to be honest, I mean, if Vygar does die and you have to kill the hunter, it'd be really cool if we could somehow get last uh, character Vix to come back because that that would it's just not be... gonna happen. It's just I impossible. Know, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I mean where is he gonna come world. from? You know, a boat. <laughs> He's just gonna land on a boat up yeah. the up the river. Because I really think that was like the perfect character for. It. Um, but this character, the hunter character, I like to. I think it almost fits a little better than Vygar. Vygar seemed like a difficult player to play because he had to care so little about things, and I think that does care a lot about certain things. I think so, yeah. Um, I, I just... I'm very... Like, I don't want to have... 
it's, maybe it's good that it's so early in the campaign that this is happening because it's really a bummer when your character dies and you have to like start over, especially mm-hmm. mid campaign. Um, I think some of us can probably um, talk about or talk to this more than others. Um, but uh... <laughs> well, after um, killing your character the previous campaign. Uh-huh. I'm sure you could tell me about it. Uh-huh. Well, my character didn't, <laughs> didn't fully die, but yeah, yeah, you did kind of kill my character. I was really bummed yeah, about that. Yeah, it's a good thing that Relina's not good at what she does. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> not good at... Well, she just decided that it would be better to not not go after him again. She figured he died once, and then everybody was about to kill her, so maybe she should... For the purposes of staying alive, revive him. Ah, oh, one of the and keep him alive. She used her brain. <laughs> I mean, I've yeah. It's been hmm. last campaign. My character really changed like significantly, like three different times because of deaths uh, that that happened or pseudo deaths. So. The last time I was really bummed. I didn't like that change. It was a real bummer, but it happened. So, real bummer, dude. Yeah. Is that the one where you he turned into just uh, a human? human? Yeah. Just a human. just a stupid human. Level. Isn't nine that what your choice was? I didn't have. <laughs> I had choices, but um, that was not the one that expected me to 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 take. Mm-hmm. Um, he thought I would stay as a necro walker. Um, yeah, that would have been really problematic, though. So it didn't stay that, that way. Would have been really cool. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think it would have been really problematic. I think that. Um, I think that that would have made um, Valor a symbol of evil, essentially, mm-hmm. and um, which you know, like Nessa, but um, yeah. <laughs> Embrace the evilness within you. But you can still have friends and be evil. No, those aren't friends. Those are slaves. <laughs> look, I mean, potato, look, potato. She had, she had friends. Relina, uh, the the wolf, and she had Leek, the just completely assigned name weak orc. Yeah. Whatever weak orc happened to survive, that was Leek. And then if it didn't survive after that, it was a different leak time. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Back to our current campaign. Um, Do you think that the druids baited the hunters to the the tomb? Oh, no doubt. The druids specifically. Because the hunters are hurting them? Because yes. the drunk, the hunters were going into the forest hunting after the wolf pack, and they needed some way to avoid getting captured by the uh, uh, captured in the forest. And Is it I wrong think of that them that to was... do so. No, probably not. Um, I mean, they had their think, they had their justifications. Say, if, they're, if they're trying to protect their protect the area that they're in, I feel like it's very reasonable. I, I think I agree, yeah. We would do the same. Yep. Yeah. So the tomb had some enchantments on the doors, and it also had those pillars around the outside, a, like a a perimeter of 
of pillars. Those had some enchantments on them also. So when the hunters came to the tomb, the doors were open. The young youngest hunter, and I don't remember his name, but he went in, and then the doors were sealed behind him. And then there was an enchantment on those doors. My assumption is that that enchantment is to keep something in the tomb. So why was it okay for the doors to be open? Um, why? What? What is? What is in there? Um, why was it okay for the doors to be open to set this trap? And and what you know what is in there? And do the druids know what's in there? Um, are they the ones that are trying to keep whatever it is inside inside this tomb? So that's a really good question. So what if what if it wasn't sealed because they wanted um, <clears throat> they wanted it to basically they wanted it to be a trap? What if whatever was buried in there was meant to consume something that's living? There were skeletons that were undead that were at the entrance. Yep. So perhaps those were previous travelers who had been consumed by whatever's in here and left as guardians of the tomb. And maybe they needed, maybe the tomb just unseals to create new guardians. That's entirely possible. You know, the other thing is. Um, Ferrum discovered that there are vents on the top of this this tomb. So, why why would there need to be vents on a tomb? There's nothing alive in a tomb, presumably. Um, but the other thing is that Ferrum would know a little bit about this because of his um, his experience as a dwarf. The construction of the the tomb is pretty old, but not very skilled. However, on top of the tomb, these vents that he found, which are like stone trees that are hollow and acting as vents, those are not the same construction as the rest of the tomb. Those might have been something that was put on there after the fact. Um, so maybe the person or maybe the person or people who built the tomb are not the person or people who put those vents there. And maybe the person or people who built the tomb is not the person or people who put the enchantments on the door and on the pillars around the tomb. Um, who who would that be and why? Well, you said it wasn't dwarven. It's not correct? dwarven. Nope. And it it would have been if we if it was elven, we would have known that. Yep. So it's and, and um, Gus said that it did not look like it was. Um, druid, right? She didn't Correct. think that druids would live underground. Correct. But did did the totems look like they could be of druid nature? I don't think that we checked, and I also don't think that um, I don't think that we looked at the. I think Ferrum's the only person who looked at the vents, the those stone trees on the top. So I think you mentioned it though. I did. I did mention it, but I don't know if anyone else actually looked at them. So. Okay. Um, I'm kind of wondering if the tomb was built at one point, and then was maybe modified at a point in you know at a different point in time to serve a different purpose. Um, I don't know that that's the case, but I kind of have a, sus- a suspicion about that. Yeah, I think I think it'd be really interesting to see what else is in this tomb. There were more than just these sarcophagi, you know, the one with all the bronze in it, and then the one with the uh, warrior and the one with all of the children. We didn't find anything of interest in this tomb yet, but you know, it's not like an archaeologist is inspecting these 
<laughs> these sarcophagi before people just rip the rip the top off. Yeah. <laughs> and Urnkul is just so upset about the procedures not being followed in this particular case. He's like, I don't care about anything. You can do all the politics crap, whatever. As soon as it's like something new to discover and oh my gosh, follow the procedures. Yeah, so, definitely. So a little bit about his character. Like he doesn't care about all that politics garbage and just wants to have a good time other than when making sure that when there's knowledge to be gained, he wants to be part of that. So speaking of yeah. speaking of Urkel, what condition is he in right now? Um physically? Oh my gosh. So he got smashed in the face with some uh necro poison. And then he and he is just barely recovering from that. And then he got smashed in the face with a torch that he deep throated. <laughs> Pardon my language. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that, that really messed with his throat and his mouth and his teeth, which were already kind of messed up. So he's missing some teeth. He can't talk anymore, really. Like, you can barely understand what he's saying. And as a result, he can't really cast his spells. He can't make prayers. He has, like, a 75% spell failure chance. This is Because fantastic. he can't pronounce things. Yeah, we should really <laughs> and, get back uh, to town at some point and maybe do some healing and resting yeah. and all that fun stuff. Plus, don't tell, don't remind Dan of this, but... Uh, oh, but I think he's Evelyn, already... Evelyn and some people are carrying around like a ton of coins. Yep. Like a lot of coins. <laughs> yep. Like we're not sneaking anywhere. No. Um, not to mention jingling. we're going to be carrying all this gear, but <laughs> that's fine. It's um, fine. We're, everything's fine. <laughs> so the, real quick, I don't know much about D&D like monsters. Um, every monster we encounter is a new thing for me. Um, so the necropoison and this plant thing that we found, are these typical monsters that you see in D&D? Do they have actual names that we aren't using? The necropoison like is, the necropoison is a custom thing for, for certain. It, custom? Well, it's a modified version of a, uh, dungeon, a, a dragon magazine monster that is heavily modified and custom. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay, I imagine about that. the plant thing? That I think is actually a thing, but I I don't know what it is ex- specifically. But I I've it's heard not black pudding. It's it's what? Okay. It's not black pudding. Oh. But that's what the first thing that I thought of. Is it a modified shambling mound? No, it wouldn't be that. Um, they're both so like what? oozy, right? They're like so, ooze on the ground. Yeah. When we encounter a new monster like that, and I'm like super new, so um, like, do we just ask the DEM? Like, can you give us specific details, or are we kind of supposed to figure it out on we, our own? We can ask those questions, and he will say okay. you have no idea, um, oh, okay. or he will say, yeah, you you will never have seen it, but you'll like make some inferences from that. But your player, your character will never understand. Okay, like mm-hmm. unless Good to know. unless your character goes back to town, finds a library. <laughs> In the medieval times, which would basically be some big town, yeah, looks up, uh, gets access to that in special books, and then looks at them up. So, so the, or writes a book, yeah, or writes a book. And we have one sage, so the sage could actually compile knowledge in that way, and would have access to more knowledge than like Faram would have, for instance. Faram wouldn't have access. But might to not share much it. Knowledge, yeah. <laughs> Well, you would I mean, it. you would sell that knowledge. If you can understand knowledge. what I'm saying, which you can't understand 75% of what I'm saying. So, yeah. Protects the sage. <laughs> Let him die. <laughs> but make but sure also, he writes everything down. Getting first. to 
a big town to see the library. It would be really cool if we could go to one of these big cities like Vithier one time. Because I Eric? don't think I've ever actually been to a big city in any campaign before. Yeah. I mean, did we ever do that in the previous campaign? Not, no. Not really. Not really. Well, I was really home. hoping to see you guys make this place your home base. And, you know, I was up for just hanging out and doing that. The only reason that Urnkold wouldn't want to do that at this point is the appearance of that necro creature. And that's new knowledge. Like, necro poison isn't just a poison. It's not just a disease. Yeah. It's, it's, it's apparently it's, somewhat sentient. Yep. Right there. So the biggest city we I think we got to in the last campaign campaigns was Stonax, probably. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of things happened there, um, but it was really centered on one character. Um, it wasn't really, but but really most of the interactions were were tailored to that, my character. So, um, you know, it would be interesting to go to a more neutral city at some point, a, a large neutral yeah. city. But we'll have to see. And, and with Riverwatch, I don't think we've visited all the buildings there either yet. No. We haven't. There's more to learn. So much more to learn. Uh, and with that, we're a little bit over time. So I think that that's all I've got for the World of Koth Players podcast. Thanks to everybody for hanging out. And we'll talk again in a week. <laughs>